Thank you, honey. Well, good morning. I am really excited about um, what the Lord is going to take us through in this journey. God has given us a job to do, though. There, There is something you and I have a part in. And God is going to flow through us new anointing. But in our lives, we must build a solid foundation for everything that God is going to build. And in today's teaching and the next few weeks, we're going to talk about a solid family, a solid family in the church, a solid family in your homes, in every area of your life, that you will have relationships that are solid because you have a solid foundation. We're going to go through greater levels. We're going to go through breakthroughs. We're still talking about family and relationships, but we need to qualify. Everyone hear that word? We need to qualify and to mature spiritually. I'm getting a little echo here if we can handle that. Thank you. God has given us essential foundations for life. And as these foundations are strong and pure, they are a starting point to mature in Scripture. People have asked, how come or why do I have problems in relationships? Why do I, every time I turn around, it's the same thing that's going on. Well, the answer to that is the essentials of a solid foundation has not been set yet in our lives, in your life. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6, your tablets, whatever you use for your Bible. And I want to just uh, share with you this morning, I got an email and, and we had a, a pastor uh, that was killed uh, in another nation. I will not say where and who. Um, But because of our relationship with other nations, with what we teach and materials, um, until they find another pastor, um, this church is going to be watching online our services. And so we want to welcome you and we pray for you for your loss and, and the hurt that is in your heart. But know this, God is in control. And he will do what he's promised you. Stick close to the Lord, and he will see you through. We have an amazing country, the United States of America. The freedom that we live in. The freedom of worship and freedom of religion. You know, God's plan for America is a great plan. Freedom is not a house or a car or money in the bank. Freedom is be able to worship God and to do his plan in our lives. And that's what we are in the United States of America. So let's read in Hebrews chapter 6. It's very interesting in Hebrews chapter 6 how he starts. He is talking to Israel. And in talking to Israel, the book of Hebrews, especially chapter 6, He is trying to overwhelm them with truth 
so that they begin to think differently. They thought and were thinking at this time Old Covenant. Now, Jesus did not do away with the Old Covenant. He fulfilled the Old Covenant. But now with Jesus Christ, who went to the cross, paid for our sins on the cross, shed his blood, now our salvation means that our sin has been removed, not covered over like the Old Testament. And so your sins and my sins are removed, so now you and I have the perfect ability to be able to live our lives in accordance to how creation first started with Adam and Eve before sin. So in this scripture, keep in mind that what the writer is doing is he's trying to get them away from, bottom line, the law that's been fulfilled into a freedom in Christ. And we're going to explain because he explains what this freedom is. So beginning with verse 1, it says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Now, leaving the elementary or the beginning stages of our growth in the Lord of what Jesus Christ did, now let's move forward into the plans of God. I'm adding those words so you're understanding what he's saying in our language. All right, what he's saying is that we go to perfection. Now, none of us, we know, unless you're full of pride, are perfect. But this perfection is talking about a maturity or a breakthrough or moving into a realm where that fresh wind of the Holy Spirit has no hindrance of moving through you. So let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Now, the conclusion again is, we are supposed to go on to maturity after being born again. We are supposed to grow and learn. As believers, as we lay certain essential foundations that we just read, and six are listed in Hebrews, it also says, if God permits, you will go on to maturity. Now, let's just stop there. If God permits... So does that mean that some people will never mature because God doesn't want them to mature? No, that's not what it's saying. Why would the writer of Hebrews then say, if God permits? You know, I, I really think that God wants us to mature, don't you? You believe that? I mean, you read all through the Bible, it says that, that God wants us to mature. So let me explain and kind of give you an example and you've probably heard this example before, but I think it's really uh, appropriate as we talk about this and begin to talk about this. When you're building a house, the first thing you do is build a foundation for the house. Now, I want you to understand 
In building something, the foundation is the most important of anything that you build, period. There's no doubt, there's no question of that. So after you build a foundation, what will happen, and right now I'm talking with people and reading up more on all this and trying to get my brain into the knowledge of a lot of people about buildings, but what happens is an inspector comes in on a foundation, and he comes out and he tests the foundation. Now, the city already has your plans, and what you have to do is get permission to build the foundation first. You build the foundation, then the building inspector comes out to look at the foundation, making sure that it will hold up with the plans of the building. Now, we're talking about spiritual life. So begin to match what I'm talking about with your spiritual life. So if the house is big, if the house is two-story, they're going to make sure the foundation that you have laid can handle the superstructure, they call it, and or in simple terms, the building, they do stress tests all around the foundation, making sure it is solid and or deep enough. So if you pass the test from the building inspector, he'll give you what is called a green tag, and that green tag says you can now go on and build your superstructure or your building. But if you fail the test regarding the, the concerns, and rightfully so, you get a red tag. There are times you will go around a building construction and you'll see something with a red tag. Now, what does that mean? All right, you blew it, you're done, you can't build a building. No. They say you cannot build until you repair the foundation. Until the foundation is secure, until the foundation is, is, is deep enough for you to handle it. So what does that mean to us as believers? We want to go on in faith, don't we? We want to be everything God wants us to be. We want to go through breakthrough. We want to succeed in our marriage, in our relationships. We want to succeed in business. We want to succeed in life. We want to attain the destiny that God has planned for us. God has given each one of you a blueprint. And in that blueprint, you have the ability to do the things of God, but there needs to be a foundation laid. So you just can't do that because you want to do it. How many of you want to do great things in life? Amen. You just can't do it because you want to do it. You have to lay a foundation. So the writer is telling us we need, <laughs> listen, we need a green tag from God. Hmm. And how you do that, once you do that, you will leave the essential foundations and go on to maturity because God has permitted you to do that because your foundation has been laid. So if you have these six foundations we just read, 
in your life, you will get that green permit from God. God will say, let's go and let's walk in your destiny. Again, how many of you want to reach the destiny that God planned for you? All right, so what's important? Laying the foundation. How do you do that? Thank you for asking. I'm going to show you how to do that because it teaches us in the Word. So God will let us go and walk in our destiny. He says, you laid the foundation. It is set. So now move forward. If you don't have the foundation, God won't permit you to move forward, not because God is against you. God loves you. And see, there are a lot of Christians today that are mad at God because they think God hasn't allowed it. Or God has allowed all the evil, all the, all the junk that's gone on in their life. Well, God allowed it because everything goes around on his table and everything is, you know, his will. And Really? Really? Is that what the Bible really says? Well, I'm not going to answer that question because we're going to show you through Scripture. And by showing you, you're going to get your answer of all of those things that you've heard or thought before. So here's the reason. God knows if you lack in the six essential foundations in your life, it will create a lot of problems later on. So if an inspector sees a bad foundation, he's protecting you. Why? Because you will have a lot of problems with the superstructure later on if it's laid on a bad foundation or a weak foundation. So this truth works with your family and your relationships in God's kingdom. Are you following me now? All right, let, let's go on. So let's, let's talk about now, in the introduction of this for the next few weeks, let's talk about um, three reasons for foundations. Three reasons. First of all, safety. How many of you believe God wants you to walk in health? God wants you to, when you do things, to be safe? <clears throat> All right, so it takes these foundations for that to happen. A bad foundation is unsafe to build upon. Spiritually, we live in an evil world. We have an evil devil who wants to steal, kill, and to destroy. Ephesians tells us that we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We are to take up <clears throat> the full armor of God. And how many of you know in the full armor of God, there's one offensive uh, part of the armor, and the rest is defensive. The Bible, the Word of God, the, the Word is a weapon to use in this life. When you are building a strong foundation that is God's foundation, it only can happen by building and using the Word in your life. So all the other armor are defensive weapons. So we must see how important the Word of God is in our life. 
And there are a lot of Christians today that don't see the importance of the Word of God. They see importance of just attending church. That is important. God says, don't forsake the assembling together of, of the believers. All right? So, so they're half right, but it's the Word of God individually that's vital. Matthew 4, Jesus defeated Satan himself with three scriptures. In Matthew 4, when he did that, Satan came to Jesus with half-truths and lies, what you get from the, the enemy. And Jesus responded with truth, saying, it is written. Quoted the scripture, and boom, the enemy was defeated. <clears throat> so if we don't know the word of God, when the enemy comes in with lies, falsehood, and wrong foundational truths, and we believe it, we're going to build everything in our life, what we think, what we say, how we live our life, how we work, based on a half-truth. And I want to tell you, the future will be problems and you may fall. A study showed, <clears throat> watch this, there's a gentleman, his name Barna, and he goes around and is a professional in this area. He goes around and asks questions to thousands of churches thousands of Christians, and a study showed that over 50% of Christians today do not believe that there is a devil, do not believe that there is a literal hell, and they don't believe that the Holy Spirit is a person. So you find many doctrines, you know, once saved, always saved, Jesus only, all these different things that you can see in the Word of God that it's true, that, that it is real, and they don't believe it because they have based their lives on half-truths. And they've built a foundation based on these lies, and because of that, their decision-making, how they talk, what they believe, is based on lies. And so, soon, that foundation will crumble and they will fall. Jesus taught more on hell than he did on heaven in the Bible. <clears throat> the devil shows up in Genesis chapter 3 and is present and active up to Revelation chapter 20. There are only four chapters in the Bible that do not include the presence or the activity of the devil, but the Holy Spirit shows up in Genesis 1.1 and is in all the Bible. <clears throat> Why? Because he is God, triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So the conclusion is, a lot of believers are illiterate in the Scriptures. They don't know what Scripture says. So Luke 10, 19, Jesus said this, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But Many believers don't have <clears throat> the most fundamental foundation of the reality of these things. Thank you. The Holy Spirit, people don't believe in the Holy Spirit. A real devil, <clears throat> a real hell. And because of this, they're not safe. They're not safe. And they're living a life being fooled and deceived. They love God. They love church. They're givers. They're gracious to people. They even lead people to the Lord. 
but they're not safe because their foundation is not strong and it will not hold up from the things of life. So knowing and using the Word of God keeps you safe. Oh, I already got some. Thank you. And, and boy, I'll tell you what, great people in our church. Amen. <clears throat> knowing and using the Word of God keeps you safe operating in God's will. That's the point, God's will. The second reason for foundations in your life is because of unexpected stress. Anybody ever face unexpected, unexpected, I can't even speak correctly, unexpected stress? Yeah. Some of you walked in here overwhelmed with stress. I want to tell you, you're overwhelmed with stress, not because you're a bad person or God wants you to go through it. It's because there are thought processes in your life that are based on a wrong foundation. You have believed something that's not true of God. You don't build a foundation, watch this, for the good times. You build a foundation for the worst times. That's why you make sure your foundation is secure. Well, there's a story or a parable uh, in the Bible speaks of that. You find that in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house, who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Jesus is the rock, the word. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, And immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Have you known people that you knew before that went to church, loved God, did all kinds of things? They got angry at God. They got angry at people. They They went through divorce. They went through all kinds of things because their foundation was not built on the foundation of God's Word. And because of that, when things happened, they fell hard, and it was awful. And now they're not in church anymore. Now they don't want to be friends with you anymore. They think you're weird because you love God. They have rejected God, and they fell hard. And it isn't because that was God's plan, because God's a mean God. God allowed all this stuff to happen in their life, anything like that. No, because their foundation was not secure when stress took place. Jesus says his words develop an undestructible foundation. In Luke 6, Jesus said, the man built his house on the ground, so it was sure to fall. And the ruin was great. God loves you. Hear me. God loves you so much, and he doesn't want you to fail. Or live in pain. How many of you know there are a lot of people 
with bad foundations are living in major pain in their life. Hurt, bitterness, anger. A life without the word of God will bring failure. I'm just being straight with you. See, if, if we want breakthrough in our family, and if we want breakthrough in faith, in finances, we're going to look at our foundations the next few weeks. Freedom and just plain out fun. You know, some people don't even know how to have fun anymore. Some people don't laugh anymore. And you know, as a pastor, that breaks my heart. It hurts me that people just are living their life based on their wrong foundation, their hurt, their bitterness, instead of living on the foundation of the Word of God. Because that will cause that where that flow of the Holy Spirit will begin to just manifest in such a unique and powerful way for you individually. You're not going to be like brother so-and-so next door. It's you. God created you. He loved you. When he looks at you, he sees you as an individual. Jesus Christ died for you. And collectively, all that would come and receive him become his sons and daughters. And we need to lay that foundation so we can move forward. Because the enemy knows he'll come, steal, kill, and destroy, and he will break, break your superstructure apart. When one day you'll sit there and say, ah, I got a good job. I got a nice apartment. I got a halfway decent car. I got $5 in the bank. I'm set for life. And the enemy says, really? Your foundation is based on that? Quote, the false American dream? And he'll come in and he'll mess with you. The third reason for a foundation, again, is the superstructure, what we talked about. The foundation or substructure of the building dictates the superstructure. In other words, a substructure, what's in the ground, will dictate what the superstructure can be. Where your foundation is built on will dictate where you will go in the future. What has happened in today's day, there has been such a directive to bring our young people into a place of any type of foundation based in the country or in church has to be bad. And so there's got to be something different. I want to tell you, to the young people, to the middle age, and to us older people, the substructure is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's Jesus Christ, the Word of God. So when we cut corners as a believer, when we don't patiently go through the process of discipleship, OSL, Bible studies, women, what you're going to be uh, hand, you know, having in October, men will be announcing to you uh, the beginning aspect of, of kingdom-minded men, and we're going to move into a, a newer realm. 
and we're going to announce this to you. We're not talking about busyness. There, if there's one thing that you will find with me, that we're not going to just be busy. We're going to lead people to Christ, and we're going to, our, our foundations will be based on the Word of God and everything we do. We are not a program church. We are a godly word church that has programs. And we're going to live our lives based on the, the, the substructure of the Word of God. And we're going to see God do great things. So, you might have saved some time and not gone through the process. But I want to tell you, if you're just concerned about saving time, I don't have time for discipleship. I don't have time to get in the Word of God. I don't have time for this. I don't have time to go to church. I don't have time for this. I want to tell you, your future is set up for trouble. So here is the dangers of selective learning. Okay, I just have time for this. Here are the dangers of selective learning. 2 Timothy chapter 4 says this, beginning with verse 1. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. I'm sure that's hap not happening now. See, end time prophecy is this. The time will come men will not endure sound doctrine. When the Holy Spirit is pouring out in end times, the beginning and end times, the Holy Spirit has been promised to pour out on all flesh, and it will be greater than ever before. We're in those times. But we have to have a solid foundation. We need to understand what's important. <clears throat> now, I'll tell you why a lot of people don't want discipleship. They don't want to get in the Word, because at the beginning, it's not fun. I'm being straight with you. In the beginning, it's not fun. You know, people want, they, they say, oh, I have to do that. I, I need that. I need to know that. Okay, do you have a, a program I can just go on? And just, just tell me. Give me five minutes of what I need to do, and I'll do it. I'll be faithful. That's not how it works. It's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey into the things of the Lord. So Paul says, Timothy, teach all topics, and then he says, and once you teach all topics, everybody you're teaching needs to hear it. Let me just say something and, and just speak for me. You need to hear what I'm saying. And instead of hearing it and running around trying to figure out if what I'm saying is everything you need to hear, now, I didn't say don't go home, get in the Word of God, and make sure I'm not teaching false doctrine. But I have people come in here, you know, tithing is not for today. Let me show you. And they give me a booklet that they copied online in a blog, Why You Don't Tithe. And so I give them two scriptures and say, look, this is what it says. And, and well, no, no, but, but, but this is what I say. No, this is what I say. No, this is what I say. I want to tell you, 
It's in the Old Testament. And let me tell you, tithe is even before the law. Because their teaching is, well, you know, tithing is of the law, and Jesus fulfilled the law, so you don't have to Tithing came before the law, church. So we have to get to that place. That's what happens. They get in there, oh, great, I'm stressed out about finances. I don't have to tithe anymore. Really? All right. Well, my Bible says you don't tithe, you're living in a curse. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to love you. I'm trying to be a father-like one that says, listen, I know you're wanting to do this, but it ain't right. It's not right. And that's why I'm bringing the truths of the Word of God in in Scripture. And I want to say to you, I have watched you, and I'm proud of you. I've seen many of you come out of a family that is full of, of curse generational curses, and you've taken the Word of God, and you've lived your life out, and you've broken free from that because you are living according to the Word of God, because you have set a a foundation that's secure. That's what it's about, church. So again, let's talk about these six foundations, and we're just beginning. It's going to take us a few weeks to talk about it, and I'll talk like this for the next four or five weeks. Verse 1 of Hebrews 6 again says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. I'm going to show you the six foundations and talk about it through this whole process of discipling you. The first foundation is repentance from dead works. And the second foundation is faith towards God. Repentance from dead works and faith towards God. But let me, before we really talk about it, let me give you four statements how you lay these two foundations in you and your family. All right, truth number one, and we're probably going to conclude with truth number one. I'll tell you the second truth, but we'll we'll get to that next week. Here's the truth number one. We are not free agents. We are owned by God and are totally accountable to him in every area of our lives. Why did God do this? Probably God didn't do it, but you're frustrated with him. Why did God do this? Let me tell you, we don't need to ask that question, why did God do this? Because he owns us. God can do what he wants. Ouch. That goes against the discussion of the world. Okay? But let me tell you, everything that God does is out of love. It's for your behalf. So it becomes better. But in today's world, anything that is opposite of what we want, it's got to be wrong. And that's that foundational truth. We are not, we're not solid. And so here we need to understand is we are not free agents. We are owned by God and are totally accountable to him in every area of our lives. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18. This is a topic here, one of the topics. Flee sexual immorality. 
Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You are not your own. Now, this scripture is talking about immorality. Paul is saying, when we commit immorality, it's on the inside. The sexual part of your life is connected to your spirit. Don't get weird on me here. When a husband and wife have sexual relations, the Bible says that they become one spiritually. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and you are not your own. You were bought with a price from Jesus Christ. Jesus owns you. So right away again, here's the reality. How many people, I won't say how many people in this room, but how many people are listening to me, some probably in this room, that you are just downright angry with God? And you won't do something for the Lord because you got hurt before. You know, there was a rally, um, if you call it that, a young lady who is for abortion, which I call death and murder. I'm not getting political. I'm just telling you what I call it because it's scriptural. She had a shirt on. And that shirt had an arrow, and it pointed to her sexual organs. And it said, this belongs to me. According to the foundation of biblical standards, nothing belongs to you. It belongs to God. So what you do with that, you need to get permission from God to do it. Now, there was a teaching 40 years ago, a lot of you young people, middle age, don't even know it, you know, it's called shepherding, where you had to go to the church to ask permission to do anything. That is a crock, that's not what the Word of God says, you have your own life, but what my job is to shepherd the flock of God, to set the standard of teaching the Word of God, that's between you and God when you're in your home, but here's the reality, is is everything in my life regarding my life and the church, everything in your life regarding you coming to church and your life in your home is between you and God. And you have to understand that God's the one that gives permission because he owns everything. So according to the foundations of biblical standards, nothing belongs to you, it belongs to God. Your body, ladies and gentlemen, and sexuality does not belong to you. God chose your identity. God chose who you were. God chose who you are. You were bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. James 4, verse 13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, 
If the Lord wills, you ought to say, build a foundation of knowing the word of God and knowing the will of the Lord. We shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. In other words, in other words, everything that I do, everything that I think has to be based upon what God said. So why is it evil? When we are doing it ourselves and becoming arrogant in ourselves, we are taking God's place on deciding what is good or bad and what are the next steps. That was the original sin, going to the tree of good and evil, where I choose what's right for me. I choose. It's my choice. It's everything for me, what I say, what's right for me. No, it's what God says in his word. Then you hear in scripture, you know, uh, about people, fables and all that, but you hear in the world today, well, yeah, what Bible do you read? Because some, they, they, they read this and they took the Greek and they translated it this way and they translated it this way. I only read the King James. I only read this. I only read that. And then all the confusion. What is that? As the enemy coming in, if you don't have a firm foundation of the word of God, people will come to you and before you know it, you'll say the word of God is not God's word. Amen. Pastor, are you mad? No. I'm so happy to teach what I'm teaching. Because you know why? I know if you grab a hold of this, you go home and you pray about this and you find out, or even if 100 years later we all die and go to heaven, the Lord will tell you, Pastor was right. And I'm not even joking about that because that's what Scripture says. And I, I sit there in my office and people will try to explain to me, well, this is why I believe the way I believe. And, you know, I, I have come to the place, I'm 63 years old. I've come to the place now where I used to say, oh, okay, well, let me try to help you. Well, now I'm just going to say, you know what, you're wrong. This is what the scripture says. Yeah, but I'm not going to argue with you. Our meeting's done. This is what the word of God says. Pastor, you're, you're not being nice. Really? I'm, you know what? I have to face God. And I'm going to go up to God and he's going to say, uh, Gary, you know all those times you sat there and you didn't say the truth? You just said, Okay, it'll be okay. God will show you. No. Church family, I love you. I love what God has planned for Valley Community. And let me tell you, don't leave here and think, don't think on TV that, you know, well, pastor, he's acting like a lord or a king. Really? You know, no, I don't. I got many people that I talk to and and work with, and we come in agreement and unity of the things that we do at the church. This is not a one-man show. You know what church is? Us. I just, I'm gifted different than you. And as we walk in this lifestyle, we walk in this life and base our foundation on the Word, not Gary, on the Word of God. 
But Gary is speaking the word of God. Pastor is speaking the word of God. We need to get to that place that our foundation is secure or our future is going to be problems. Well, let me say this. If we're taking God's place, then we've shoved God out and we can't expect his blessings. Now, my personality, I schedule my life away. I'm real comfortable when I can look at a calendar and know what I'm doing next year. Some of you probably just like wake up in the morning and go, hmm, what am I going to do today? I don't know. And you do well with that. I don't. But I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow even if I schedule it. God does. The only one that knows is God. So why not know what God said He knows everything, and if you know what God said who knows everything, then I think it's going to be pretty cool that you're going to be able to attain what God planned for you. God will not allow us or even bless us when we operate independently of him. Let me me say it this way. We are free in Jesus. We are not free from Jesus. Jesus died so you can be free from death and hell and be free to live for him. Now, let me say it this way. God doesn't bless good ideas. He blesses his ideas. Are you following? That's a foundation. One of the most basic foundation of kingdom life, God has no obligation to you or your good ideas or mine. even though they're good ideas in your thoughts. They have to be God ideas. They have to be full of the Word of God. There are some things that I do that will absolutely transform lives and change lifestyle in people. I just don't do it flippantly. Even if I know I heard God, I will talk to the smart people. In every area, I'll talk to the smart people, spiritually, about buildings, whatever, because I know I'm one person. And that's what you do, is you build a foundation of trust with one another. That's what's so important to have family. We are a church family. If we are based on the Word of God, we can do anything that God says to do. If you pray and hear God, And what he says, especially in the word. Now, also, what he says always matches up to his word. So if you heard God say something, you'll find it in scripture. You'll find the principle in the word. He'll bless abundantly everything that you do. That's the life that I want to live, don't you? Don't you want God to bless everything that you do? See, God only energizes what he initiates. Jesus said when he was on earth, why do you call me Lord and don't do what I say? You know what Lord means? It means master. Is it God's will or is it God's timing? You know, there are times that we will go out and we know it's God's will, we'll do it, but it wasn't God's timing. What is God saying to you? 
So I cannot act without God's blessing. I'll say it another way. <laughs> I, I, I just love the, the political realm where you see people in leadership, they'll go around and they'll kiss babies. Well, with COVID, they probably don't do it anymore. But they'll kiss babies. God will not kiss my baby. But he will kiss his baby for me. See, it's got to be God's baby. It's got to be God's plan. It's got to be God's blueprint for your home. It's got to be God's blueprint for your marriage. It's got to be God's blueprint for your finances. It's got to be God's blueprint to have freedom in life. It's got to be God's blueprint to have fun. You see, because later on, oh, it's fun when we're young and, you know, going out partying every day and for months and years. and Oh, this is great. But when they're 50 years old, their liver's gone. Fun. And I know why I said that. Because there are people in our church that love Jesus with all their heart, that have just absolutely allowed God to transform their lives, and they're doing great things for the kingdom. But in their early years, they didn't have a foundation. And because of that, later on in life, they had a problem. But God's a healer. God's a healer. He can give you a brand new liver. But see, what it needs is to go past those foundations, to go further in your life, and to go to great heights in your life, is you've got to have a pure foundation. Let's all stand. I want to tell you the second truth in a moment. But I, w I would just like to ask you something. And I'm being a spiritual father here. When I say this, hear me correctly. I absolutely love God's kids. Did you understand that? I love God's kids. And because I love God's kids, I want you to come in unity with me. Not in what I'm saying, but what I just taught. And what I taught, it's a foundation from the beginning before there was a devil. Amen. When the Holy Spirit came, created man, relationship is so pure to God. There's so many things in our own lives. Our foundation is broken. And we need to cause some reconstruction. How do you do that in the spirit realm? Well, we talked about it. Discipleship. Getting in the Word of God. Go to the Bible studies. Get on Zoom, men, with Pastor Dan. Get on the prayer with us on Sunday morning. All the different facets of discipleship. But how do you do it? You make a decision. 
Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I'm not really talking about salvation because most of us are saved. If you're here watching and you're not born again, the Bible says believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. He went to the cross, shed his blood for your sins, took stripes on his back for your healing. It says you shall be saved. And then now the journey I'm talking about, discipleship, setting a firm foundation. If you're here today and you know you need a breakthrough in this area of the Word of God, make Jesus Lord of your passions. Every area of your passions. Your desire of work, sexual, whatever it is, make Jesus Lord of those. Especially, here it is, the firm foundation, the Word of God. And now, the building inspector will begin to learn, oh, oh, okay, who's the building inspector? Holy Spirit. He'll look, ah, great job there. You got that. You're moving forward. Yep, huh? Okay. You got a little, right here, remember? Yeah, okay, right here. Lord, I've done my best. You are master of my life. He goes, okay, let's go. I promise you, healing will manifest in your family. I'm not just talking about physical healing. Emotional and spiritual healing will take place. Why? Because it's not built on man's ideas, it's built on God's. Just take a moment. I'm going to take about 10 seconds. Go ahead and close your eyes and make that decision. You are master of my life. Go ahead and do that. Okay, truth number two. And then we'll go to lunch. We are totally incapable. You need to understand this totally incapable of running our own lives. It is why we turn to Christ in the first place. I am totally incapable of running my life. When I decide <laughs> to run my life, I mess up. I can't do it without Christ. I can't do it without his truth. Next week, we'll begin with that. We'll have a lot of fun with that. In Jesus' name, I proclaim peace to your family. I proclaim wisdom and understanding regarding relationships. That God will give you the desires of your heart in relationships, but you need a firm foundation for him to build upon. Father, I thank you for healing our bodies, healing our minds, and restoring our lives and bringing freedom in areas that we were bound. Thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you. God bless you. Have a great day. See you tonight.
tonight.